the, it's time for the children's church to move out. So let's just pray for them. Father, we just thank you for our, for our kids. We thank you for those that are leading them. And we just pray your blessing on their time together as they celebrate you and as they enjoy you uh, in their service at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to be with you and sharing the word of God this morning. I, I had an interesting Father's Day. I celebrated it with my, uh, with my daughter and many of you know um, she was involved in a serious car accident uh, two years ago now, almost, and um, has a traumatic brain injury. So she's resident at uh, St. John of God. But So I take her out on a Saturday and we usually, usually have a home and have a time together and uh, watch a funny movie and, and eat. So I made it a special time for Daddy's Day yesterday. So, um, and she's not able to speak at this time. I believe that's going to change. But yeah. I, I took her home and I said, I'm going to cook butter chicken for you, which was one of her favourites. And she makes it very clear that that's, she likes the idea of that. Uh, it has various facial expressions. And says, yeah, I want that. And, um, <clears throat> and usually, I, in the past, I'd have affirmation. She'd be someplace in the world. She'd spent time in London and in America and Australia and Toronto. So I'd get these weird daddy days. It'd be daddy days in one of those countries, and I'd get a text or, a, um, or an email or whatever celebrating Daddy's Day and affirming me and so on and so forth. So it, it, I, I'm used to having that. So instead, as she, couldn't actually, she can't actually speak, I gave myself a bit of affirmation and as we ate this delicious bit of chicken, as I made it, I said, would you believe, because when she was young I didn't cook, <laughs> would you believe that I can, that I've cooked this? Isn't this amazing? So I said, I'm going to do what you would do. I'm going to sing. And, um, and so I started singing, Daddy, you're amazing. Daddy, you're amazing. What an amazing daddy. And she just grinned from ear to ear and rolled her eyes, just like she used to. So, you know, we can, we can celebrate no matter what. We can celebrate who we are. And I don't actually, actually mind singing. I mean, my voice isn't the best. It's not my strongest point singing, okay? But um, you just got to enjoy it. You just got to enjoy what God's given you, even if it's not in tune. Amen? Amen. So, we looked at, uh, last week we started, and it's a, big, it's a big subject, but we started on the thought of, who is Christ to me? And... Um, and we spoke, and, and the title of my message was Identity Engages Destiny. And we looked last week at, at the fact that we're not defined by our who necessarily we think we are. Often we think 
of ourselves in the terms of where we failed and of our weakness and of our sin and oh woe is me I, I, I'm, I'm a sinful sinful wretch and I just need to make restitution and make myself and I come to church oh, make myself better I've got to do more I've got to be more and we're not defined by our own weakness and ill abilities and humanness we're defined by Christ we're defined in him that is our destiny that is our identity I want to talk a little bit more about destiny today I, I used three words promise progress and purpose they're something we have in God we have the promises he gives us all the promises. His promises are yes and amen. And he gives us a purpose. We know our purpose is eternal. We're going to spend eternity with him. Eternity, the Bible tells us, is set in our hearts. When we're born again, we receive a new nature. We're partakers, Peter says, of the divine nature. Isn't that amazing? We're partakers of the divine nature. It's within us. That eternal life is within us. So we have the promise of an eternal future. We have the, the, the purpose that God has called us to in this earth. It says that we are saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast but we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus for good works. So he has a purpose for each one of us in this life and the life for good works. But sometimes, as I said last week, we put the cart before the horse and we put the good works before who we are. Before who we are in Christ. And that will always bring disappointment because if we think our righteousness comes from our good works, we'll always let ourselves down. Yeah. Always. And it's so important to get a hold of that, to get that order right. So our destiny is life in Christ. It's righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's what Romans 14 tells us. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. So this destiny, which is full of righteousness, joy and peace, can only be fully embraced when we know who we are and whose we are. And if we think we're defined by our job, our role, or even maybe our failures, and where we've let ourselves down, and where we've disappointed ourselves, and that becomes our focus, or that struggle with some area of sin in our life, if that's our focus, we become conscious and involved in that rather than involved in what Jesus 
has achieved and done for us. There's a screenshot that we're going to look at which I think is so important to get hold of. And that is, Christ died as me, not just for us. Christ died as us, not just for us. Or Christ died as me, not just for me. Now we know that Christ died for the forgiveness of our sins. We know we have forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ, both past, present and future. But do we know that Christ identified himself with us and became Emmanuel, that is God with us, that he might identify in every aspect. Hebrews tells us that he identifies with every aspect of our weakness and he makes constant intercession for us, yet without sin. So the yet without sin in Christ becomes our yet without sin. I'll just say that again. When when it says of Jesus in Hebrews, yet without sin, he's actually saying to us, you can partake of that. You can stand with me, as me, yet without sin. Do you get get that? You see, because grace is God's manifold favour, but it's the undeserved manifold favour. And once we understand this, it can bring us into a place which the Bible talks about in Galatians, of freedom. You see, when Paul wrote his letters, and if you can visualize Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, we know that the early disciples, all of them pretty well were martyred, right? Pretty well all of them, apart from John. Church history tells us. And they went from a cowardly sort of bunch that ran away at the crucifixion and hid to men that came out boldly on the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Spirit, fearless, knowing that their end would probably be the same. They were totally committed, totally full of his life. Now, when I say that we, we, we take everything that Christ has into ourselves or onto ourselves, that doesn't mean that we're not going to sin any time. It means that we can stand with him. He associates with us and says, I don't remember your sins. It says in Hebrews very clearly that there'll be no mention of them. Some Christians think that we're going to be in this place where we, you know, everything's sort of, it's all written out. And you go to many traditional churches where there is constant, constant sense of repentance and acknowledgement of sins and naming them. I've I've been to services like that myself where they all get named and they're all repeated. 
The Lord doesn't want us to focus on our sin. He wants us to focus on our righteousness. Well, if we do that, surely, what are you saying? That it's not important to repent? It's not important to, uh, to, to try and, and work harder and get rid of our sins? Now, what I'm saying, that there's a, there's a sense that we move from a place of being focused and sin-conscious in the religious sense. So you take any religion and it will be all about being better, right? It will be all about trying harder. You know, you're feeling, you're, you're letting, oh, well, the only way I can get right is to spend some time reading my Bible. The only time I can get right is spend some time, you know, half an hour on my knees praying. No, we are the righteousness of Christ. He calls us to that place. Romans 5.17 says very clearly, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's provision, abundant provision of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? There's an abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. What is that gift of righteousness? It's the righteousness of Christ. We know he was sinless. We know he was without sin. And he takes that gift and he gives it to you and he gives it to me. He gives us a new nature. We looked at that, that uh, picture of, the, of sin being not who we are. It's a virus. It's a parasite. And he's given us his new nature that that parasite not, might not rule and take over our lives. You see, there was, first of all, there were two men. There was Adam and then there was a second Adam, which is Christ. Romans teaches us this. And we belong to one or the other. And before we, we were saved, we belonged to the old Adam with the fallen nature. It was inherited. It was the virus that we were born with. And then when we're, bo when we're born again, we're born and brought into the kingdom of God. And we're born again and given a new nature, given the gift, the gift of righteousness. So rather than focusing on where we fail and where we sin, we focus on the gift that Jesus has given us, the gift of righteousness. The law to reign in life, law condemns or leads us to self-righteousness. It's sort of, in some respects, it's kind of, e to live under the law is, is almost easier because we can measure everything. We can, we can measure it in the sense that we, we know where the boundaries are. But when we, we live under the grace, everybody often is in a different place. We're on a journey. Yeah.
And from my own experience and observation, I would say that when we live under law, we often find ourselves under both the judgment and the condemnation of the law. Because the law so depends on how we feel. We feel pretty good about ourselves if we keep it, and we feel pretty bad about ourselves if we don't. I've been enjoying this weather, <laughs> sort of. You know, as I shared last week, we just got back from Rarotonga, and we had a nice tan. And as the week has gone on, I've just sensed that that tan has been fading away. And I felt a little bit like Moses who went up to the mountain to receive the law. And when he came down with this glorious law, it says in, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, that he, <coughs> they couldn't look on his face because it was so glorious. And he had to put a veil, a veil over his face. It wasn't quite like this for me. Put a veil over his face to hide the glory because it was fading. When it faded, they could look at it. And Paul makes a comparison between the law. He says, that law which was imperfect and fading away has been replaced by a new covenant. That old covenant has been replaced with a new one which is far, far more glorious. For the glory is not on the outside, but it's on the inside. So when the Holy Spirit is given you and fills your heart, you start living from that. You start living from that place of what is within you. But the enemy will come and he will condemn you. He will try and close you down. He will try and bring you under law. Well, you're a failure and you've broken the law and God's not pleased with you. When in fact, we have the righteousness of Christ as a gift. And when we understand that, we live out of that nature. But if we live out of the law, we will in, be in a constant place of either self-righteousness or condemnation. Because we'll be depending on ourselves and not on the life that is within Romans 5, 20, 21. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So... As we discussed last week, the law tends to bring awareness of sin. But where there is, where sin increased, then there is more grace for that sin. So irrespective of where we've come from and done, it's dealt with in Christ. The grace is more than the sin. 
And for you, you might feel like, well, you're not quite good enough. It's one of those things. I was thinking this morning as I was just getting ready for church, and I was thinking on the thought that for so many Christians that I've known over the years that have stopped coming along to church and fallen away, for so many of them, it's been the sense of not being good enough of it being too hard, of it being too unrealistic. They might have gone through a crisis, they might have gone through a marriage breakup or had a bereavement or had difficulties in their lives and challenges and thought and been disappointed with God because they were looking on the outside and not what God has done within. They were looking for something to come down upon them and to deliver them, when in fact it's already done within us by faith. So God doesn't exclude us from difficulties and trials and challenges in our life, but he does give us his life, his righteousness, his joy, his peace in the Holy Spirit and it's a gift that is within us it's not something we get from outside Romans 6 5 through to 14 let's just have a look at that now for if we have been united with him in death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him or you the death he died he died to sin once and for all but the life he lives he lives to God in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, for rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall no longer be master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. I was in Adam, now I am in Christ. I was in sin... Now I am in righteousness. I was a slave to sin. Now I am a slave to righteousness. I have a body that's dying and wasting away. And I'm going to have a resurrected body that's like his. That's the promise. That's the future. That's the eternal plan.
But right now, we live out. If we offer our members, uh, our hands, our legs, our arms, as instruments of righteousness. I was just thinking about this. How, how, do, you, how do you envisage that? What's an instrument of righteousness? And I was watching Carl up here playing that guitar now. We've been born again, not of an incorruptible seed, but an eternal one. Right? We have the life of Christ within us. It says here, offer yourselves to him as instruments of righteousness. We have the nature, we have the gift of righteousness within us. Now, in the natural, if you were to give me that guitar, it would be just about, in fact, it would be worse than my singing. Can you imagine that? (laughs) That instrument given to me would be an absolute disaster. In the same way, you that have been given the new nature, live out of that new nature. It is automatic that you do acts of righteousness, that you have good works within you, because that nature is within you and you operate out of that nature. Just like Carl, when he picks up that guitar and plays, he's playing from the place of being a musician. The instrument is easy for him, yet for me, because I'm not a musician, It's totally out of my depth. It's totally out of my skill set. I am lost with it. In the same way, a sinner who tries to be righteous by his own means is lost. And a righteous man who attempts to be righteous by nature will be righteous. Do you see me? Do you see where I'm coming from with this illustration? Present yourselves as instruments of righteousness. If you, you as a Christian, just say, well, as that thought comes down the hallway of your mind, that thought of envy, that thought of getting my own back, that thought, that lustful thought, whatever it is, and you allow that, you are going against your nature. And you know that, right? You know that. But somehow, because there's a track in our brain and so on from the past, we'll sometimes give in to that, right? Because we're not perfect. But we need to be trained in the things of righteousness and respond to the spirit which is in us, which is far greater. The same spirit that dwells in us is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And you've been raised with him into heavenly places, it tells us in Ephesians. And that's where you live, that's where you are, that's where we are, in heavenly places in the Spirit. Do you get it? That's where we live. Amen? And that's where he wants us to live. That's where he wants us to abide, to have that freedom which comes from the new nature. And for so long it's been taught, well, we've got both, you know. 
Because reality tells us that we sometimes struggle with sin. So we think, well, maybe it's just sitting there and we've got both of these things going together and, you know, it's just a, it's just a constant, constant battleground for the next 80 years. Right? No. That's the seed that's sown by the devil because you've been born again, we're told, by an eternal seed. And we don't live in the old, we live in the new. We have, the Bible tells us, a new covenant, which is not written on stone on the outside, but it's written on our heart in the inside. It's here. And that's what the Lord wants us to live out of. That's what we're actually being given to live. That's the easy way just to rest in all he's done to say Lord you can do this you can have me sing and have joy Romans 14 17 for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit <clears throat> the gift of righteousness is given to us and the joy and the peace come out of it they flow out of it they're our second nature they're our if you like sorry second nature is probably not true it's actually our first nature the joy the peace they flow out of the gift of righteousness because when we know who we are in Christ when we really know who we are we can live confidently in that place. That assurance, no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter perhaps where we have failed. The enemy comes and he reminds us of what we've done, doesn't he? He reminds us constantly of where we fail or where we're failing. That's what he does. That's his job. But we can say, no, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is the destiny that comes with our new identity in Christ. As we abide and rest in the confidence of being in Christ, in his grace, identified in all he is, his, his eternal state, everything he has achieved, I share with him. And he shares with me. We are fellow heirs with Christ. We are fellow sons and daughters with Christ. Everything the father had was given to the prodigal son. It was also given to the elder, but he didn't want it and stayed outside because he harboured and lived out of his old nature. Yeah. Everything the Father has, has been given to, to us to share. You know, standing outweighs state. That is, our standing in Christ is permanent. Yeah. 
based on the finished work of Christ. It can never be threatened. Our state may vary in life circumstances. Rejoice one day and grieve the next. But our standing never changes. Thanks, love. I'll read that again. Our state may vary according to life circumstances. Rejoice one day and grieve the next. But our standing never changes. So our state changes, our circumstances changes, the wind blows, the house shakes, but our standing in Christ means we will not be moved. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would the musicians like to come as we just draw to a close? I want us to listen to our new heart, our new identity. And not to the voices of condemnation, of the voices which says, well, there's not much of a future for you. You know, look at you, you're just scratch in there you just sort of touch base and get to church and you might just make it and when it comes to heaven you might get a place in the garden shared out the back it says we're going to share his glory we're going to share everything he has is given to us lord i want to thank you for everybody here today Each one, no matter what their circumstances, no matter what their challenges. I thank you that you have called us all to a place alongside your son and his identity. And as we look towards the wonderful destiny that you have for us, We realize there's one here and there's one in eternity. And Lord, we want to process, we want to move into all that you have for us. And Lord, you have provided a way and that way is through knowing who we are in you. Knowing what our identity actually is. That it's righteous that it's sin-free, that it is free of condemnation, it is free of guilt, it is free of all those things which tell us we're not good enough, which tell us that we're failures, which tell us that we've missed the boat and it's too late. They're all lies of the enemy. And we come to you, Lord, and we say thank you for the future. We say thank you for the past because you were with us in those times. They are part of your destiny. They are part of your plan in our lives. And you want to take those things, you want to take the years that the locust has eaten and you want to give us double for our trouble. And Father, I pray for everyone here this morning irrespective of the trouble of their past, 
that you would give them double for their trouble because that's what your word declares that you will bless the latter end that each one here irrespective of age is going to finish well because you have given us the gift of your son and his righteousness to live out of in Jesus name God bless you